Hi, I'm Kathy Rushing, host of the podcast Committed, The Entrepreneur Marriage. If your middle name is Restless and you identify with words like innovator, dreamer, change maker, creative, independent, or you are married to an entrepreneur, or heaven help you, you're both entrepreneurs, this podcast is for you. The entrepreneurial journey can be a little wild at times, like uncharted territory. Join me as I talk with others who are at various stages of the entrepreneur process. We'll explore the wisdom and insights they have gained while navigating the ups and downs of the entrepreneur journey. You'll discover that there are many couples who have found ways to thrive in both their business and marriage. One of the joys of having grown children is getting to meet their amazing friends. We met Brent and Julie Cody through Ryan and Amy, our middle son and daughter in love. We haven't had one-on-one -on -one time with Brent and Julie, so it was really fun to hear their story. They talked about how they decided it was time for Brent to venture out as a startup business in a Volkswagen van with three rambunctious boys touring the United States. What? could possibly go wrong. Their honesty about the challenges of a new business, self-care, and prioritizing their marriage made for another great conversation. I hope you'll enjoy too. Join me now. Good morning, Brent and Julie are joining me today on the podcast, and I am so happy to see you guys. How are you today? Doing great. Thank you for having us. You are welcome. Uh, I know you have three little boys that are probably sitting in a corner with their hands folded and perfectly angelic and reading books. You know, I, I think I overheard them saying they wanted to sabotage this, and I had to, I had to pull them aside and say, "Hey, no, can't jump in on this." <laughs> podcast bomb right, right. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly well tell us a little bit about you guys we just want to get to know you where do you live we live in fort collins colorado uh we've been married for uh, almost 15 years awesome and love this place awesome what are you guys doing for work currently i started a small consulting business about a year and a half ago uh, and that's what we're doing uh, full time. Okay. And I have the pleasure of staying home with the kids and educating them right now. I have two that are homeschooled and one that is in the virtual learning program. Oh, my goodness. That, this has been a rough year for parents, hasn't it? Very busy. Yeah. Yeah. How old are the boys now? We have one who's six, one who's eight, and one who's 10. Okay. Fun ages oh. and life is just so full. I love it. I hear a rumor that you guys are taking a big trip soon. Tell us a little bit about where you're going and how you're able to plan that with work and school. <laughs> yeah, we're heading to Hawaii for a few weeks. Uh, we're excited about it. You know, uh, my work has kind of ebbs and flows of busyness, and we just went through a, a very busy phase where I had to be in front of clients a lot. 
um, and the honor of being in front of clients. But right now we can kind of work remotely and there's a lot of technical work to do. So we're able to kind of coincide my work with the ebbs and flows of desktop work and programming. With the kids, Julie's just kind of a miracle worker to get the kids to uh, be above, above schedule. You know, they're doing really good on their classes. Awesome. Julie, you were in nursing school, weren't you? Or have you finished? I, I, nope. I was actually just taking the prereqs when, and finishing those up. I had been accepted into the program. But that was right as we were deciding instead to go a different direction and have Brent start the business. Okay. And we knew that was going to take a lot. And with the kids, it just turned out very well that that prepared us for the COVID times. We had already pulled the kids out of school and we're making some adjustments to our life anyways. So okay. it all worked out timing-wise where we had entered into that lifestyle first. So okay. no, I, right now I don't have plans to go back. It'll just be, I'll wait and see. Right now, okay. keeping the kids going with school is our, our top priority for kind of my role. Mm-hmm time. I can only imagine. Yeah. Well, we will come back to more of how you guys launched and everything, but I have a couple of questions, just kind of fun questions to get to know you in a more rounded sense. If your marriage was a team sport, what would it be? Rock climbing. Rock climbing. Does that count as a team sport? Well, yeah. <laughs> Two-person team? You have to help each other in Malaysia. That's a really good way. Keeping each other going and safe and balancing each other. I don't know. What would you say? Saving each other's lives. <laughs> <laughs> I think rock climbing is a, is a good analogy. Uh, I, I, the one that came to my mind when you said that was Taekwondo sparring. Uh, <laughs> we had a ton of fun doing that when we were, we, we had, we fostered for a while and we were doing karate and Julie and I had more fun, you know, sparring with each other. It was, uh, that was pretty fun. So it's kind of like, I don't know. Exciting, playful, taking care of each other. Um, getting know. a few hits in. Getting a few <laughs> <laughs> Legally. <laughs> I, I, I can't recall you doing all the hitting on that. This <laughs> 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 is pretty one-sided with the amount of That's damage. That's because he's amazing and I was just learning. So he had a lot more control. <laughs> <laughs> Gotcha. I've never done Taekwondo, but I had another couple that talked about uh, a different, like more like wrestling and sparring partners. So it's been kind of fun to ask that and just hear what different couples come up with. And I had a feeling rock climbing might be y'all's. <laughs> now, I have not asked this question of other couples yet, but I have a feeling this one could be a fun one. <laughs> What is the craziest thing y'all have ever done together? Like on a date or a, just an outing? Waterfall in Fiji? Yeah, that was a really fun one. Oh, what was that? <laughs> we, uh, we honeymooned in, in Fiji. It took us like a year to save up. Uh, and we went on honeymoon in Fiji. And we did this huge bike ride to a hike to a waterfall and so we had to we had to bike around this island and then had to do this crazy hike and a couple notable things happened during that adventure one we were saying you know we were we were renting bikes and they said you're not gonna bike all the way around the island to that trailhead are you and we're like oh yeah we're we're triathletes we can definitely do this we're we're awesome <laughs> and uh so we were 
right as we left, they switched Julie's brakes on her bike. So the rear was on the wrong hand. And so oh, no. we, out were, the gate. we were out the gate. She slams on what she thought was her back brake, but it was her front. And she went over the handlebars, like right in front of everyone, right oh, as we set no. off on this, like, I don't know, 20 kilometer journey or whatever it was. I don't know what it was. But anyway, so that was the first step. And then we went on this huge adventure and it was raining and this, there's a ton of water coming through. We, we waded all the way to this really crazy waterfall. So that was pretty exciting. Very fun. <laughs> and I have a feeling y'all have a whole list of other adventures. Does another one come to mind? Oh, mostly the adventure of having kids. <laughs> so going on. That goes on daily. <laughs> yeah, your boys remind me of little puppy dogs and just how they play and romp and roll and they're yes, adorable. They're, <laughs> they're they're adorable. All right, I want to shift to like the time when you first got married and, you know, all of life is before us and we have dreams and I'm curious what the future look like for the two of you when you got married 15 years ago, especially as it related to work? Yeah, that was an interesting. Yeah. I think one thing from the very get-go that bonded Brent and I is we really had a strong value for having one working parent and one stay-at-home mom. I think from the get-go, that was something we saw a lot of value in and wanted to be able to pour into our kids in that capacity. So I think in the get-go, that was something we had talked quite a bit about. That was a big component. Another big component uh, was, I think, Julie's willingness to invest in me um, for my my work. Uh, and she's done it multiple times. You know, one was right when we got married, I was like, I think I want to go back to grad school. And it's going to be like seven years uh, trying to get a PhD. And I'm like, oh, I was like, I can't, you know, I don't know if we should do that or not. And she was very supportive on that whole journey at that point. And then that also led to her being super supportive to starting a business. And so I think those critical components of, I completely value Julie being a stay-at-home mom and her role. Like I would rather have that than her be a CEO of Amazon. Um, I, I, the, her value that she brings to our family there is, um, uh, it, you can't put a price on it. And then she feel, I think she's demonstrated over our marriage to invest in me. Uh, with my work. And so, but we try to help each other out in both regards. She listens to endless boring stories about my work and (laughs) we work together with the kids. I think I knew right away from the beginning that Brent as an engineer was not going to fit the mold of a typical engineer. He had had a really nice job out in Kentucky working as an engineer and had left that job to move to Boulder to build rock climbing walls and live a more active lifestyle and pursue his passion. So I think from day one, when I met him, I knew how important it was for him to live life to the fullest and to not just go through the motions, not just live as everybody expected, but to really follow those kind of driving passions. And he's always been an entrepreneur at heart. So even Mm. in the beginning, we didn't expect him right away to start a business, but I think I knew that there was a desire that at some point would come to fruition. Okay, that's interesting. What uh, kind of context did either of you have for that of thinking about starting a business at some point? Uh, You know, when I was in college, I was interested in entrepreneurship. Uh, I went to several meetings, uh, you know, joined a 
a club and, uh, and met with mentors, uh, I guess people just telling their stories about uh, starting their own business. You know, mm-hmm. I, I just thought that that was a really neat thing to do to, I'm much more independent, I guess, than, than a lot of people in the work world. I thought I would find a lot of value in it. And, and it turns out I, I have, and I, I do enjoy it immensely. But I definitely, at back then, I definitely didn't know how difficult and <laughs> and complex and how hard it would be to get a business off the ground um, and to sell yourself, sell your services, because you may know you're good, but convincing other people to know you're good <laughs> enough to not go bankrupt, I think was a an eye-opening process. And I didn't know that back then. Right. Yeah. But you saw something in him, Julie, it sounds like that was that something that you ever verbalized to Brent or was it more of just kind of an inner sense that you had? That's a good question. Did we talk about that? I think in casual conversation, he had probably mentioned his interest in getting out there and kind of being the master of what he was doing. I think we've had a lot of conversations more on a work system that's based on your abilities and merit, being able to work very efficiently and get a lot done and then have more time to play. So maybe not as much directly in the capacity of, do you want to have your own business, but more in the the benefits of it, where it just at some point made a little more sense. But I also know Brent is somebody who takes things to the limits in all capacity, whether it's doing 100-mile ultra runs or Ironman or getting a PhD, whatever he does, he's going to do it all the way. And I think somebody who has that drive wants to be able to push the boundaries and having your own business allows you to do that. So I think even without him necessarily telling me that would have been a logical conclusion to come to. Yeah. (laughs) Very, very interesting. So what, what led up to that decision? Well, let me back up one step, Brent. Mm -hmm. So you worked as an engineer, then you guys moved to Boulder. Was there another job after that before you launched? Yeah, there was. Uh, I, I can real quick go through my journey. Uh, I got graduated college at Purdue University and got a job in heavy civil construction, which is building a lock and a dam on the Ohio River outside of Louisville. Man, it's been a while. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> and, that, and so then there's a. So I went there and then uh, went to Boulder, designed and built rock climbing gyms. I was their project manager for managing the remote crews and making sure it got done with high quality. And then, uh, so after that, went back to grad school and got a uh, job after grad school for a company in Fort Collins, Colorado called Natural Resource Consulting Engineers, uh, which is a great company. And what was your role in that company? You know, I was there for probably... Let's see here, about eight years and started basically in the corner as an intern, uh, you know, <laughs> and um, worked, I guess, worked well there and then kind of uh, became a, uh, eventually a senior engineer, helped get business for the company and help manage uh, and, um, you know, found uh, their company owner, uh, Wold Mesquina. It was just like a very good mentor, uh, just a really great guy really smart, great businessman and a great person. Uh, and there's a lot of other people at that company that I uh, really enjoyed working with. And uh, so that gave me the confidence and I believe the skill set to be a successful entrepreneur. And, you know, 
I've tried before to start uh, companies and it just total train wreck for, you know, not having that skill set of experience of how to show your skills to potential clients, how to get jobs done uh, in an efficient and um, beneficial manner to your clients. And so working at Natural Resource Consulting and Engineers or NRC really helped me uh, with that, and especially the people I worked with. Okay. I didn't realize you had tried to start some other things. So tell us a little bit about how you made this transition. What prompted you to start thinking again about launching your own business? Well, let's see here. You know, I've always kind of in the back of my mind thought that that would be a, a, a great thing, a great place to be. And I, I, I do feel like I work at a different rate. I guess one of our driving forces is, I guess, efficiency versus putting your just clocking in versus and clocking out. And so one of my main driving factors was I, I knew I worked very, very efficiently when I wanted to, but I also wanted to not just constantly be at a desk eight hours a day if I did, didn't need to be there. My work schedule sometimes is work 16 hours in a row when you're completely focused and then take the next day off. Uh, and so th- that was, you know, I, I really felt like being in a place for a fixed period of time, but not being productive wasn't a benefit for me. And it, was, it wasn't a benefit for my clients either. You know, I wanted to give, if I'm going to bill them for a billable hour, it's going to be completely focused and, uh, you know, giving them absolutely everything that they need for that hour. Uh, and so basically I work, my timing wasn't kind of in line with the standard eight hour, nine hour work day. Uh, I, I felt much happier uh, following that. Uh, so I've always thought about that, my efficiency versus potentially other people. And then that I've always been looking for ways. And in fact, when I was with, NRC, I actually went to lunch with the company owner and, and told him I probably want to start a business someday. Uh, and he was great, you know, told me ins and outs of it a little bit and his story. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that was, so I think it's kind of always been uh, a role. And so I wanted to gain this proper skill set. And then would it made sense, potentially jump off. Okay. So what were the conversations like? that the two of you had before launching this new yeah. business. <laughs> was it? <laughs> I feel like you hit a point with working as an employee. He was making quite large contributions to the company, coming up with some really innovative ideas. And I think there wasn't quite as much freedom to really test those ideas out. And I don't think there was going to be a whole lot of reward for bringing those to the company. And I think at that point he had had enough experience and exposure that I think you felt confident that you could step out. So I think overall it came about very quickly. I remember us having a couple of conversations about how would we do it? What are the logistics? And I think Brent felt this great sense, especially as the sole provider for our family. I don't know if I can. I don't know if I can take that risk when we have three kids and a mortgage and all of that. And so I remember just kind of bouncing idea around over a couple of conversations and we just said, what would it take? And then I know he left on a work trip and came back and said, by the way, I put in my two weeks notice month. Oh, but we had had talked about saying after you got back or in the near future, but once you make a decision, you're pretty 
I don't know if I want to say impulsive, but you follow through quickly. That's true. Firmly. <laughs> I think what gave we we before I before we made a decision, we talked about it and both of us were on board with let's see if if we're gonna go for it, we will go hundred percent and potentially lose our house. Like we're willing my wife was willing to put everything on the line. Um mm. and without her knowing that and being okay with that. Um, I, I wouldn't have been able to do that. And so a, a critical component for us, for me, was like, I'm willing to work as many hours as needed, and, but I needed her to be on board with one, me working and putting a lot to it, but also being like, if it fails, are we okay with that? Are we, mm-hmm. you know, we, we basically have, you know, we'll, we'll sell our house after a certain period of time if we can't, uh, if this doesn't work which actually almost happened. (laughs) (laughs) That's true, though. We did have some very honest conversations together about what are we willing to risk? What are we willing to lose? And what are we not? I think we had to be very clear and on the same page with those things. I I think to Julie's credit, Julie, Julie understood that this was one of the fundamental things in my life that I at least needed to try out. You know, it's based, we've had conversations about this and been like, you know, if everything works out great with, the company I was at and uh, I stayed there indefinitely. That that was a great place to work with great people, great compensation, just an absolutely wonderful place to work. But I, it, it, I would always have been thinking I should have tried to go into business for myself. And to me, it was worth the risk of losing everything just to try because mm-hmm. I'd rather, I'd rather not sit around thinking about it for the rest of my living with regret work career. And so it was yeah. that strong of a feeling that, I was 100% on board and um, I was fortunate, but my wife understood that. Like she understood that that was a critical component of, of me mm-hmm. to go for it. And she was willing to risk everything, just maybe not to listen to me whine about it. <laughs> 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 <That's 30 years. laughs> no, you would have been very stuck. I think yeah. for us, the, the tipping point for Brent too is when we came up with a doable solution. Obviously, we didn't want to lose our house. We were willing to, if that's what it took, but we didn't want to, who would? Right. So I think for us, because we are pretty adventurous and willing to let go of things, as you know, we found the choice for us was just to rent out our house and live by camping and traveling, which was quite a bit cheaper than our mortgage. And that way, we didn't have to worry about that expense. And kind of offset our risk of losing the house. If you don't have to pay your mortgage yourself from a new business and somebody else's, that creates a lot of freedom. And it gives it, you a little more runway. Yeah. Right. And it created a opportunity. I think on our side, I sold it to Brent a little bit just with the notion of this is going to be an amazing experience for the kids and I and you to be able to travel together. When else do you have the opportunity to do that? And starting a new business, not having to be tied down, I can homeschool, that opened up a lot of doors. And I think when he knew I saw it as an adventure and as a possibility, not just as, okay, we'll do this for you because I love you, but remember, this is just for you. I think that attitude would have stopped him. But I think when we were all in it together and there was a benefit for everybody. That's right. And that's a kind of a key uh, component where it was, a, there was an immediate benefit for Julie, the kids and, and I to travel as part of this, this process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So 
give us a, a glimpse of what that looked like, what you were traveling in and what it was like with three little boys and schooling on the road. Turbulence. <laughs> it, was extreme. it was amazing and awful mixed up in one. <laughs> More amazing. It definitely had components of amazing. mostly amazing. We, uh, uh, I, we owned a, an 80, 1985 Volkswagen camper van where it was, you know, it's one of those ones that have a top that pops up. That's where Julie and I slept is at the top that popped up and the boys, we would either just put on the floor of the van or fold out the seat if we were in luxury. <laughs> or we were somewhere for a little bit, we'd set up a tent and we'd stay in the tent and the boys would stay in the van so we could have a little more space. So we went to 31 states over Ow. six or seven months? Six months, probably. I didn't realize y'all covered that much ground. I I had heard through Ryan and Amy, I think, that maybe something broke down or somewhere you kind of hit a stopping point. And I think, Brent, you had to come back or anyway, I didn't realize you hit so many states. Yeah, no, hit, we had 31 states a lot in the like north and then we then the east coast and then uh, south. And so we kind of we had been traveling a lot out west and then we decided to do an east Midwest East trip for this. Okay. You know, uh, the traveling was wonderful. Like seeing all these different spots, being on the road Amazing. was great. Uh, there's a lot of really wonderfulness to it. And we've got these cool picture books that Julie's mom puts together for the trip. And so that's, that's, I, I can't understate how enjoyable and unique and fun it was to go to 31 States in a van with a family mm-hmm. while starting a business. It was really fun. That part was I think exceeded our expectations. It was really special. So, so as I was starting the business, I'd be, we'd be going places and then maybe Julie would drop me off at the airport and I'd fly to a conference and, uh, and I'd be there one, one time during one of these. We were actually visiting my folks in Illinois and I was at a conference in Colorado <laughs> and Julie's knee locked up. I had a major issue and... And if you ever have been in a camper van, it's not the easiest thing to climb up and down from the top, navigating my guitar that's falling over <laughs> in the, you know, the the fridge and kind of like having to climb up and down. Um, and so she had locked up me and my, my, my parents drove her to Colorado while I flew back to Illinois to grab the camper van. And then I drove all the way to Boston while she's getting fixed up with her knee. And so like, that was one issue, uh, Julie having an issue with her knee. Uh, and the camper van immediately, like right when we left, started popping out of fourth gear and had an issue with the transmission, <laughs> which we uh, ended up using a bungee cord to pull, hold it for fourth gear for like, I don't know, 15,000 miles or something like that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, you know, and like and there's issues with the coolant system. One time we had to pull over to Ace Hardware and, their coolant system was leaking. Had to buy a hacksaw and replace the coolant system. But you know, like it was that's all. All that's exciting, interesting. Yeah, keeps it interesting. So, how long ago did you launch your company, and what is it that this new company does? Let's see. Uh, launched the company in August of uh, 2019. And uh, this, you know, my original focus was to cater to the uh, public works 
area, you know, water and wastewater supply. I had some some tools I developed and I'd really helped out a client in that area. But I quickly realized that just limiting myself to that one market wasn't, I think, as beneficial or even feasible as going back to my uh, full skill set and doing um, natural resources um, consulting. So a lot of water resources, energy resources, uh, and uh, I've even done financial allocation models and, and maximizing the, the bang for the buck for COVID response. So, I mean, you know, basically as a, as a resources engineer, as an engineer that can t- take a complex problem uh, and look at the resources that we have available and look at the staff that we have involved, I, I, can, I can solve these complex issues kind of in a very straightforward approach that kind of gets everybody aligned. Kind of like a magnet, you know, if you've got like all your, you know, metal filings and you run a magnet over, I kind of get everybody going in the right direction and really maximize the resources uh, for a a given problem. And so it's nice because there's a wide breadth of skills that I can give my clients and um, it's really gone well. And as of now, are you the only, is it a solo endeavor or do you have anyone that works with you? It is. Yeah, it is a solo endeavor, but we're kind of getting nearer and nearer to needing to hire someone, the amount of effort and work we've got going on. Great. That'll be an interesting, another transition. So you've been at it uh, about a year and a half. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Okay. And along the way, do you guys have another couple that kind of gets what this journey is like or anyone that's a mentor for you as a growing entrepreneur, Brent? Well, we've got a, a, a couple different couples that we talk over these things with. Um, you know, you, your son and daughter-in-law are <laughs> one of those. They're, they, they, know, they know the difficulties of owning a business and, and staying at the healthy marriage throughout that. Uh, we've got uh, another couple that we actually saw last night that uh, have in, in similar shoes, kind of starting a business. And, uh, it's it's neat to be able to bounce ideas off. I would say that you know a lot of it though is we we try and keep a lot of communication between each other, and I've expressed this to Julie, but like you know my business is second to our marriage, uh, and I don't I don't know if that's all the case to. With, other in entrepreneurs. And I, I know sometimes people are a little bit more caught up, but like if my marriage tanks, I don't really care about my business anymore. <laughs> you know, it, like if, if I don't have a healthy marriage, first and foremost, I don't, wouldn't have the energy or the desire to, uh, to be a successful business owner. That's kind of, mm-hmm. that's why I'm a business owner because I have a family and I'm not a business owner first and foremost. So that's just a primary component of our relationship. And so we, we try and spend time and it's not easy, you know, if I'm traveling on work and things definitely can go awry pretty fast, you know, being <laughs> not connected or two week work trips, but um, it's kind of one of our prime four f- focuses. Yeah. So 15 years of marriage, what are some things that you guys do to keep your marriage healthy? work on communication, that sort of thing. Do you guys read books? Do you go to conferences? What What have you guys done? Mostly walks. <laughs> <laughs> I think the biggest thing, Brett and I are both pretty straightforward, don't beat around the bush kind of people. And so I think 
as soon as something starts to come up or one of us feels like something is just off, we tend to just face it head on and talk mm-hmm. about it right away. I think that's been really helpful for both of us because things don't tend to grow and grow and grow over time. We just tackle it right away. Right. Yeah. Julie's really good at being straightforward. Yeah. No, I think just being available uh, to talk, you know, I, I think the deal is we're, not every moment we want to talk about difficult things, but we're all, we're almost always available to talk about mm-hmm. difficult things. And just, we give ourselves a lot of opportunity of, you know, Hey, I'm going to go to the mailbox. Do you want to walk with me to drop mm-hmm. off some letters? Uh, you know? And like, so there's a, there's a constant desire to spend time and it's not always significant, but it, the mm-hmm. volume of trying to spend time together is there. And then it allows for communication, especially being that both of us are direct. Mm -hmm. I think we don't always manage to do this, but we try to do a Bible study together in the morning, just a quick starter day together and with the Lord, which I think is great. That definitely aligns things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Get your values, your attitude going in the right direction. And and it's the whole put first, first, you know, like, you know, we're stressed about kids and stressed about work and, but that kind of that that pales in comparison to the the greater forces that are out there, the, the greater desire to be with God. Yeah, I think something Brent's really good at too that he's helped me with. I find on a lot of those quiet moments, or if we go out on a date, I tend to go to the list. Oh, we need to talk about this. We need to figure out this. Let's work out this problem. And he's very good at saying. Let's do that on a time where we're trying to get stuff done. Let's take this time and just be together and connect. And I think that's something that he's helped me learn to do a little bit more easily. So harder for me, but I think you're really good at that. Both of us can get into that zone, though. I mean, like, it's hard sometimes to separate the stress Mm -hmm. and to to change gears. And so helping each other and being understandable with each other when the one person's like having a difficult time to switch gears, maybe it's important to talk about some of that stuff on a date just to kind of get it off that person's chest. Mm -hmm. I think kind of having a understanding with that and and being less quick to anger, which is hard to do when you've been up all night with kids or work. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. I, I have heard some of the stories, Brent, about the hours, like you'll just like a dog on a bone, you know, if you're on a project, it, you just keep going. And um, it's it's admirable, but it has a, a point where, yes, you just you're human and we all have our limits, you know. Mm-hmm. And do you work from home, Brent, currently? Yep. Yep. Mostly. Because are back in your house. We didn't talk about that, but the, the adventure ended. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it continues in a different way, but you're back in your house. We are. And right. and so you, you work from home. I do. Yep. And Julie's schooling the kids at home. So how do you guys, do you have any kind of structure that helps you separate work, work day, school day? We're done. Let's shift to family time. Uh, any kind of rituals that help you manage all of those pieces uh you know so i i think the way i see it and i think julie and i have kind of figured this out like i 
I try to be as available to the family as possible. And like, I try and go out of my way to, even when I'm tired, spend time with the kids. Uh, and, and, you know, and I love, love spending time with my boys. Um, and so like, but like even trying to like, make sure that I'm present and available when I can be with the business, both of us kind of understand that I heard this, heard someone say this before, but Sometimes I think both of us realize the benefits of having a business, but we also realize the costs of having a business. And Julie's been great helping me with those costs where anytime a client could say, listen, I need you out next week and I need, and, uh, or I need you to do this for me. And it's going to take, you know, 40 hours over the next three days, you know? Um, and so at any time I'm available to do that, uh, for my, any of my clients. And that's a real strong, strong positive for my business. Cause I'm able to, to produce deliverables per their wishes. But the cost of that is Julie is always ready and has been awesome about picking up where I can't be there. And she's been, she's able to be flexible with my business. So just like I don't work as well with an eight hour day, the, the downside is that that gets imposed on my family where you know, I'll say, hey, Julie, for the next two days, like last week, for the next two days, I just, I'm just i just going to have to work you know, the whole day and I'll go on walks and, you know, connect a little bit. But like I'll be working from 7 a.m. to 11 or mm-hmm. later at night. So so I think that's an understanding we both know. And the flip side is Julie's able to go above and beyond with that. And I try to go above and beyond when I'm not as busy to not just like zone out and, mm-hmm whatever else I try to be more present. So there's like a, a kind of a balance there with being an entrepreneur, especially in the consulting yeah. world. So I think yeah. for us, another way of saying it maybe is we don't live with a rigid schedule. We have routines that we, we usually flow to, but there has to be a level of flexibility. But I think even within that, it's worked out relatively easily. We start the school day and the work day about the same time we tend to take a break and everybody wants to get outside by about 10 or 10 30. So as long as Brent's able, he'll usually go with us and we'll go for a walk or rollerblade ride or bike ride or mm-hmm. whatever it is. And then of course the kids in school before Brent does with his work, but that's kind of the time where I can send them outside to decompress or they can do kind of their own kid thing. And by evening we're all kind of ready to roll back together as a family. You know, they of course have had to learn some of the basics, like if Brent's office doors are closed, they have got to stop and listen first to make sure he's not on a meeting or an important call. And they're successful what? Most of the time. Of the time. <laughs> Most of the time. They're getting better that's, as time has gone by. They're learning that's a hard one. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. You know, and to, to be respectful. But I see some pros too. Our oldest who does a lot of work independently Every once in a while I pop in and he's down sharing the desk with Brett and they're both working quietly together. And I think that's meant the world to our oldest son. So to just be able to work side by side and that dad's right there working too. I think it makes him feel grown up and responsible and one of the, one of the team. I don't know. What do you think? Well, I think so too. You know, and you know, that just, it's great to show your child how you can work hard. You know, I, I, Mm -hmm. I saw my dad doing that when I grew up. You, he would wake up really early and we'd be working really hard, but he always spent time with us. And so he had that balance and showed that edge of how you, how you actually work really hard to achieve more than just the eight hour work day, you know, just 
you know, if you're going to want to enjoy your career, there are times where you're going to be putting in more hours, and more effort. And so, you know, I, I'm excited to show my kids that it's, it's a blessing to work at home sometimes. And, yeah. Yeah. So I think that's a, that is a benefit. great modeling opportunity, isn't it? I mean, this might be one of the few highlights or good things that have come out of this pandemic year is traditionally mom or dad or both go off to work. Kids go off to school. Everybody's apart during the day. And it's it's really hard, I think, for kids to have a concept of what mom or dad do. Um, back in my years of therapy, I remember Jeremy drew a picture one time for open house. You know, my mom helps people with their problems. And I thought, so interesting that he had that, he was able to verbalize that at like third grade. <laughs> so... Um, I have a question for you, Julie, and I might be projecting here because having been married for a very long time to an entrepreneur, <laughs> and mostly it's my personality where I'm trying to read the needs of my family and provide what they need, but it was a very long time before I learned how to ask for what I needed or to <laughs> refill my tank. So I'm curious if you feel that you can ask for time off, basically, because it, it's 24-7, you know, when you're the mom and homeschooling. And I bet you hit the mark with a lot of the wives there. I bet that's a very common theme. It can be very hard. Yeah, I do think that's probably you nailed the one thing that's the hardest for me is to ask that. Brent has always been really gracious, but I think it's so easy for me to see you're working really hard. You need the break. You go right. climb a run or have fun. But I think it's also, to be fair, I'm the master of my own schedule also. And so I have to be responsible for taking those breaks. And even a few minutes, I've started to learn, all right, it's okay to send the kids out and just let them do what they need to and right. that time. And we've taught our kids a little bit about that. I am definitely an introvert. Brett is definitely an extrovert. And one of our sons is right there with Brett, very, very extroverted and doesn't want to be alone. So I've had to have a lot of chats with him about that. I just need that time to recharge and I want to be my best for them. And if I'm around people 24 seven, I'm just too tired to be a good version of myself. And so I've tried to make that a part of our routine where we make sure he gets the time he needs, but I also get the time alone. It's not a perfect system. No, it's still right. something I have to keep working and being very intentional for. But yeah, I think that that is a, that is an area where we're constantly working to improve, uh, yeah. you know, just kind of the role of how, how do we take care of ourselves and how do we take care of each other? in this mm -hmm. and um i think sometimes my personality is very much like if you want time off just take it like just, mm -hmm. just take it like i would take it like I, i'm gonna go around see it you know like it's so like it, it's a very selfish base way i operate but I, I i think there's a disconnect and sometimes when julie's taking care of me so much and i'm not as not as good at taking care of her just with my fundamental personality, I think. And so that's something I'm learning more about, especially through owning a business. Um, right, right. 
Yeah. And I know when I struggled with it, when I look back when our kids were really young, Mark would have been more than willing to do whatever. It might not have been as natural for him to read me like I would read him, but it's it's kind of the nature of our personalities, right? We love people in the way that comes most natural for us and in the way that, so then we want to be loved in the same way, but when we're different personalities. Uh, and And so I struggled with being able to ask for it because I was like, well, like you said, Julie, he's so busy doing this and this and this and this. And so I'll just suck it up, but that never ended well, you know, and, I, and he would, he would say to me, why don't you just ask for, why don't you ask to take this time away before you get to that breaking point? And I was like, I, I don't know. It really was a journey for me. And so. Um, yeah. Kathy, I want to ask you, did you feel that Mark should have known this? And like, was that, and, and I, I think that in our situation, I think that there's an expectation that Julie maybe feels like, why don't you see it? And why didn't you, why you offer it? Why didn't you offer it? Like, why did you not know? And some of that's warranted. Some of that's not. It's just kind of like, mm-hmm. I, and I think Mark probably is similar to me, just never. Blow you know. and go. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. And not, not an uncaring or feeling man by any means, but we've done a lot of work around the Enneagram the last couple of years and I identify as a two, which is a helper. So I do a lot of anticipating. Mm-hmm. I love my friends and family. And so I I anticipate their needs. So yes, I at times was like, how can you not see that I am just fried? You know, this curly hair <laughs> did not happen. <laughs> <laughs> on its own. And so it's it's been a lot of years of, again, me learning to take responsibility for me because Mark's not responsible for my mental health, right? And so I had to learn to be better about asking, but gosh, the kids were probably grown by the time I learned that, honestly. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, you know, wait till they grow up. But uh, even, even without kids at home, there were time. you know, there have been times, probably well, sure. even in the last year. I'm sure. Um, so it is more of our personality. I identify as a two, Mark identifies as an eight, which is, um, very much an action taker on the disc profile. He's a very high D, dominance, again, action. But he has found his uh, softer side in recent years, and he probably cries more than I do. (laughs) In a good way. You know, it's, it's sort of like the pressure of always feeling like he would describe it when he was starting the business. I say starting it, but like for the first probably 15 years of trying to push this ball and get it to go one revolution. Mm -hmm. And so the stress built and built and built and um, kind of came to a head for us. Like our our marriage was in a, a precarious place at one point and he joined C12, which is a peer board. And there are uh, several different versions. There's C12 is a Christian peer board. There's Vistage. There's EO, Entrepreneur. I don't know what the E, the O stands for. Um, but there are several different 
boards where you come together with peers and can really talk about some of the challenges that, for Mark at the time, he had a lot of people that worked under him, and that's not who he was going to share some of these challenges with. And we would certainly talk about it also. But there was a point where I had limited perspective, and he needed other people to help him think about different aspects of the business. And that that was so huge for us. But um, yeah, so our personalities are somewhat similar. We're, we're both very people-oriented, but mm-hmm. I, I definitely had some unhealthy stuff to, to work through. And so like I, when I asked this, Julie, I said, I may be projecting, but mm-hmm. I, I do like to encourage couples because one of the things we have found about entrepreneur couples that are successful is the ability to, to tell appreciation to our partner. And that goes both ways. You know, I appreciate, Brent, how hard you work and that you make our family. I've seen you with your boys and there is no question about your commitment to your wife and to your kids. Mm -hmm. And so just being able to verbalize that back and forth to each other is uh, is really big. Yeah, I think you guys are great at that. I think you're absolutely right. That's something really excels at verbalizing that appreciation well i screw up so much i have to i have to be good at that. <laughs> <laughs> no. that's great well so you're a, a, about a year and a half into this journey you've had some adventures let's talk about highs and lows what what is a high and what is a low so far on this journey for each of you main is that your low uh, I don't know. Maybe the whole. I think there was um, there was a point on our road trip where every possible area of my life was not good, <laughs> uh, and so uh, I was out on the East Coast by myself. Julie had just hurt her knee, and my parents drove her from Illinois to Colorado, where she she could get medical attention, and then I had great i i basically uh grabbed our camper van and headed out without the kids just just myself to to maine uh where i was going to meet her and i was out there for maybe a week or more week and a half maybe uh and about that time my original concept my original business plan wasn't going to make it and i was realizing that that my original limited set of services that i was going to offer wasn't going to be uh, successful. And so Julie was hurt. Uh, and it was, you know, hard for someone with a locked knee to travel in a camper van, uh, especially driving a stick shift. <laughs> so our manual transmission uh, car. And so then that was going on. And then there was some complexities uh, with our renters. I think I'll get into much with that, but that area was not good um, in some regards. And then family issues also that were weighing on us there was family extended family issues so basically every single area uh wasn't good (laughs) and so um you know it in that moment you know that was actually it turned out to be a strong blessing because i i feel like that was a really great point for me to really connect back with with god and my faith Mm -hmm. and so when you're really don't have anything uh and you know you're just in that spot, 
you have two choices. You can go at it alone or you can go at it with, with your faith and your creator. And so I kind of went back. I, I broke through some barriers I had built up with my faith. I, that, that position broke through that and kind of realigned me a little bit with that, more with that. And that, it didn't get good for months, but it, it did, those areas were very slow to improve. But like that was a turning point where I was able to at least have kind of that connection back. Uh, and so that was, that was a really, really bad low <laughs> mm. uh, process. I think too, that came on after a couple of months of us really just crossing paths for a day or two. He had been flying all over the country, going to conferences and we would just see each other for a brief day or two. And then he got the door again. And so I mm-hmm. think even on our side, there was just, very, very low connection. We had that's true. Just not had the opportunity to connect. And, and, and we really weren't well us. rested too. <laughs> like we were very stressed out about the situation that was going on in all of our areas and, and not sleeping well. So, you know, I think we you know, we just were not in a good spot. Uh, there. Yeah. How did you guys navigate that? How did you get through that time? Like you said, it was not an immediate change but it was a turning point uh you know i I think we're both pretty stubborn uh and we both have uh we both have short memories with transgressions i think i think that that's a strong benefit to a marriage where i think both of us well you know we can get really angry at each other on certain things and be super super off for maybe several days but like we at some point we just kind of like you know this stuff's really not that we're not worth it. And we talk it over, we solve it to the best of our abilities. And then we kind of just a lot of grace. Yeah, we have grace. And we see the person (laughs) is a larger picture than just a transgression. That's an unforgivable transgression kind of thing. And so it's kind of, in my mind, that optimism and that connection and that base of knowing that this is really the right person for me. And this is really my, 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 my forever spouse, my, my, my partner in life that, to me, covers a lot of these really tr- strong transgressions, these these feelings of slights that are just unprocessable processable at the time. And so mm-hmm. kind of working through that period, I think both of us knew to a degree that we were um, dealing with other forces, other issues, and that uh, that was causing it. So mm-hmm. trying to have a less, less of a uh, strong memory with that. Mm-hmm. that what a good mm-hmm. reminder, too, that when we are not our best, when we're not sleeping well, eating well, uh, if we're physically hurting, if we're, you know, wrestling with work, like I heard you say Mm -hmm. that you realized this initial model wasn't going to be the one that was going to work going forward. So like you said, all areas of your life that then when we get in a bad mood or we're irritable or something that it takes some insight for the other person to say, you know what, this isn't about me. Mm-hmm. but uh, just recognizing Mark and I had a conversation last week. He was real short fused about a plumbing issue. We cannot get a plumber up in Grand County for like a month. And he was like, I, I can do it, you know? And anyway, mm-hmm. there, there was a, a tipping point and um, I could tell he was really frustrated and it led to a good conversation of just, I could observe and say, here's what I'm seeing. This isn't like you what's going on. And we were able to kind of untangle that a little bit and get 
to what was really bothering him. And it was something he didn't want to worry me with. And I was like, 41 years, honey, (laughs) that doesn't work. (laughs) Like I can tell when you're worried about something, you know, so just, just tell me what it is. So we can catch those much quicker these days. And um, so that was a low point. What about uh, was one last, one last thing? Uh, uh-huh. We when we decided to start this, I think both of us knew that like it wasn't going to be just peaches and cream the whole time, and mm-hmm. so like we knew, like we knew that there would be low times uh, and difficulties. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it surpassed our expectations to a degree <laughs> of when a lot of things weren't working well, right. But like, uh, I think we both kind of knew that we were in for a, a fight from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, that helped a little bit. Yeah, I think we did have an expectation it was going to be a, a process and it was going to be a challenge. Right. Yeah, yeah. And that takes a lot of maturity to even recognize that from the beginning. A lot of people just set off and, you know, they, they don't mm-hmm. anticipate that. So that was that was a low point for you, Brent. Was there a different low point for you, Julie? Or was that? No, yeah, I think I would have had a different low point. I think at that moment for Brent, I knew that was kind of his mental and heart struggle trying to just revise what what we were going to do moving forward. For me, a low point, gosh, you know, I think probably when I injured my knee, I think mm-hmm. at that point that was just when at that we were committed and there was really no going back at this point and to be completely unable to move or walk and in the wrong place because insurance wouldn't do anything for me out in Illinois unless it was an emergency. So I think maybe just that feeling of how do I continue to move forward with this choice that we've made and still support Brent. That was, that was hard. I think too, some of the other times just with, the extraneous circumstances, not even as much surrounding the business. I think probably unreasonably so, I had a deep faith that Brent would get it work out. I don't think I I had that fear, which he certainly didn't. I think he felt the weight of that burden on him. <laughs> Self to make sure, but I know what a creative problem solver he is, how mm-hmm unstoppable he is so I was pretty confident at one point or another he would push through and figure it out so I just chose to let go of that worry and so I think for me low points came from other things outside of the actual business development I would have been more stressful and I knew how much Oh, but that, again, that is life, isn't it? That we take off on this adventure and we don't have control over a lot of things. Um, so what about high points? What has been a high point since deciding to take this step? You know, I, I think there's been a few. Uh, and I, I think the one of the initial high points, you know, we, we, we kind of were at our one of our lowest, lowest around the first of this year where difficulties with our home difficulties with just uh the business like there's a lot of spots that that all a lot of things were coming to a head at that point what ended up happening in the early part of this year is um we well, got a year ago this year. oh yeah yeah a year about a year ago uh, this, a year already <laughs> this, this time last year we got a couple 
contracts in that basically meant that the business was going to be feasible for a period of time, mm. uh, for a, a good period of time. And so we got to, and with the nature of my business, it's a lot of effort to get contracts. You start a year in advance and then they percolate and then sometimes they come through. And so some of these contracts, um, they, uh, they're, they're a really, really big win. They're really uh, they're large amounts of money. It's not just like a, a small job. It's it's a it's a large, maybe potentially multi-year job. And so mm-hmm. we got those in place, and the business was finally breathing. It start it finally got breath into the business, uh, and we got our housing situation worked out uh, and solved. And we you know we when we moved into our house, the pandemic was. <laughs> just starting and you know there was just such a sigh of relief because our trials had gone on before that and when we actually got back into our house and uh had contracts in place we could just breathe and work hard and just uh that to me was a really high point and we could just kind of like be like ah you know we we fought the battles and we 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 are now off and running and we took risks and they're paying off. Uh, and so there's just a lot of things that came together at, uh, at the start of the pandemic last year and, and, and things got better. We, we got more, more uh, contracts in and, and so it kind of took off from there. And so kind of that feeling, I think mm-hmm. for, uh, for me was, was a really nice thing. I remember going on walks with Julie and down our road and be like, Ah, you know, everything's good now. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's mine. Exactly. I think for me, it's the small moments where the unusual times of day where Brett and I are out enjoying a beautiful day on a walk where we couldn't have done that before. If I was at a job, he was at a job or with kids. But to be able to just get out and in that moment be together, know, and maybe be planning a trip like this upcoming one to Hawaii where we know we have the flexibility and the financial freedom to go and make it happen. And it's not a vacation per se. We're not going for one week to sit on a beach and relax. We'll have time, but we're going for three weeks, which in some ways I think is more exciting. We'll do a little work. We'll do a little school. We'll do a lot of play. And I think in that moment of planning that and deciding that we're able to do that, that's a, that's such a great feeling to be able to have that kind of freedom and flexibility. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so good to celebrate those things together, right? I'm I'm big about celebrations. I'm like, that happened and we're getting a bottle of champagne. And uh, <laughs> I wish it was, uh, but I wish it was a trip to Hawaii. I have been wanting to go to Hawaii for, well, I've been craving beach time since last year at this time. And then the pandemic happened. So I think maybe don't y'all need a nanny to go help take care of the boys? Wow. <laughs> I know. Come on, enjoy the fun. <laughs> I would love to go. Um, all right. We've talked a good bit about some of the things that you do, but I want to, I love to ask this question of couples. What are some things you do to keep the fun, friendship, and intimacy in your marriage? Hmm. You're talking to a seven on the Enneagram. The, the fun and the excitement come pretty what Julie, what do you identify as? Ooh, that has been the question of the what two oh, okay. years we've been learning about it. It's hard. Yeah. 
her her number is elusive. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll have to have a separate conversation with you. Maybe you can help me figure it out. Yeah. I, I think, uh, you know, we... Uh, I think we invest in each other. We're not afraid to talk about anything. Not afraid, and uh, we're we're super honest with each other. You know, honesty is very, very, very high. You know, anything, anything we can talk about anything. So, like having kind of that fundamental base, uh, and then we try and go on dates together. You know, uh, Julie's mom takes care of the kids. Maybe every other Friday, and we get to go on a date. Go on a lot of adventures. Go on a lot of adventures. Yep, whether it's. Skiing into yurts, as you know about, or camping <laughs> vacations, yeah. hikes, rock climbing. I think any of the above. Yeah, I. But you know, I think that that's an area we can always improve on. Like, keep ideas out for spending better quality time together and addressing each other's. It's just like what you were saying. Like with Julie, sometimes needing something and me not anticipating it as well. You know, being a seven on the Enneagram, just being like, oh, everything's great. You know, why are you happy all the time? People being like, I'm so sick of you being happy. Uh, <laughs> like just, just being happy for a few minutes. Continuing to work on that, you know, continuing to make, to find connection by anticipating each other's needs, I think is an area where, you know, we definitely don't have all the answers. We're definitely not model, a model couple in that regard. Uh, that's just something well, we, none of us have arrived. It's always a process. So, yeah, yeah. don't don't have to beat yourself up. But uh, <laughs> we're all still learning. Yeah, I think for me, knowing there's uh-huh. time to transition. Like I've got to get out of my head. Sometimes I get too stuck in my where are we at? What do I need to do for the kids? What do I need for rent? What do I need to take care of the house? I need that time to just slow down and stop. And then, and I I, like allow said, that yeah, like you said, take that self-care. And then I can start thinking about things like intimacy or having fun doing an adventure. But I definitely need that decompression time. That's yeah, pretty essential for me, at least. Less for you. No, yeah, I, I switch. I switch in like a second from work <laughs> or back to work. <laughs> no, but yeah, no, understanding that is a, your partner. Knowing that we're different in that way, yeah, has helped. Yeah. Awesome. What would you share with your younger selves, if anything, from the experience that you now have after 15 years mm-hmm. of marriage and starting this work together? Well, I, I think um, I would say, I, I guess to me, don't stress about it as much. And I, and I, I wonder if that's, that's impossible or not, but like mm-hmm. the amount of stress that I've had on myself to perform or whatever else like it I, I I think you know as long as you're willing to put in the work and as long as you are willing to do that it, it always works out you're always able to solve really any problem but like just the stress involved with unknowns can keep you up at night and it's not worth it mm-hmm. I, I'm saying that but like even now I still have that problem like <laughs> like I, I I can't consciously make that switch so that's advice if someone can help themselves not stress and be like, oh, I'll go to, go to sleep, wake up in the morning. Uh, you know, I think okay. that's an area. I think um, may, really making sure to spend time, spend adequate connection time with your spouse uh, is just so, it's just more important than anything uh, and mm-hmm. spend more connection time with your kids. And the last thing I'd say is when you do stay up all night, uh, you, you know, <laughs> 
<laughs> don't don't lash out at your spouse or your kids uh and just really try and control yourself in that regard there's been a couple times where i just really not liked myself because i've said something mm-hmm. to my kids that they, they, they didn't deserve mm-hmm. yeah i think looking think- back oh go ahead sorry kathy no i was just gonna ask what your perspective was julie i think looking back i think to be careful of expectations I think expectations can get you into a lot of trouble. Maybe instead relying on just really communicating those expectations. I think where we've gotten in trouble is one of us just makes an assumption about an expectation and doesn't necessarily share that, or we find our expectations are differently um, or in a different place. To give even just a simple practical example, I think Brett and I maybe a month ago realized that a lot of times after work trip, we'd fall in the same habit, he'd come back and we'd get into a fight. And I think after talking about it, what we both realized is we put a lot of pressure on ourselves and on the other person. Okay, you've been gone now. We have to make up that time by doing X, Y, and Z or Um, by being extra focused on the other person. And we finally just said, you know, I think we end up both feeling hurt when we have this really strong expectation that we're going to do it over the top to make up for that missed time. And we just said, you know, let's just let go of those expectations and not try and make up for it, but just move back into our rhythm. And I think mm. that that has helped just realize we don't have to be better or mm. be hard on ourselves for a lack of just because of an expectation. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. It does. Yeah, no, it's just unrealistic built up. Mm-hmm. Uh, expectations, uh, you know, from when we're not connected for a while. My conversation with Brent and Julie ended a bit abruptly when we lost our connection right at the end. And by the time we reconnected, Julie had to go meet the tutor for the boys. So I just wanted to say thank you, Brent and Julie, for sharing your story with us and being so vulnerable. I think you're doing a great job of creating a life-giving marriage and family. Thanks so much, listeners, for coming along on this journey with us. If you enjoyed this episode, I'll bet you know someone else that would also find it helpful. Sharing an episode, giving a rating, or leaving a useful comment all help with the show rankings so others can find it. Thank you in advance for being an action taker. You can find a full transcript at kathyrushing.com. And now, if you have a comment or question, you can leave me a voicemail, and I'll include it in a future episode. It can be anonymous if you prefer. Just click the link in the show notes, and voila, your voice will show up in my inbox. You're building a life together. Make it a great one. See you next time. 